Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Evolution Podcast. Today, we're back in studio, but today, not just only are we back in studio, today we have a special guest. We have a guest who's going to be coming on here. We're going to be talking a lot about sales. Now, a lot of people, the reason why, the reason why I'm bringing them on is a lot of people, when you start a business, right, you, you have this idea, you have this huge idea in your head that you basically have to translate, right? You have to basically get people to buy your product, right? You have to get people to basically subscribe to your channel. You have to get people to basically do business with you, but a lot of people struggle on the sales side. That's why I brought with me today a sales expert who's going to be talking about that. We're also going to be covering a few things um, on the media side. So Dan, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, hey, thanks for having me, Emmanuel. Um, yeah, so um, I've been in uh, sales marketing for probably about 40 years. I've owned businesses uh, up until now, which I still have a business called BBS Film Productions and Premier Podcast Productions. Um, I've, uh, I'm a best-selling author. I've worked with uh, some of the largest companies in the world, actually developing videos and marketing for them. Um, and I've also partnered with uh, sales legend Tom Hopkins to write a best-selling book called uh, Fill Your Funnel. And that was about mm. five years ago. So um, I've got a little experience in the sales world. And then hopefully I can enlighten some people with, with some ideas. Interesting. So on the... Um fill your funnels what is what what because everyone knows tom hopkins in the game it's it, it's it's not a it's not a small name there um but what necessarily is what makes the, the program completely different from something else that's out there well the the book uh itself is um it basically takes his techniques i'll give you a little background on that uh, you know probably seven years ago um well yeah let's go even farther back you know i, I was a um student of Tom Hopkins for many years, you know, through this tapes and books and everything. And, and, and I, I used all his techniques throughout the years to build my business. And it was back then it was manual. We would go out and we would talk to people and we would, you know, put slide the contract across. We never say contract slide the agreement across the table and have it approved. So I found out as time was going on and we were doing this online and we didn't have to talk to people in person and there were zoom meetings and and next thing you know i was closing deals through emails and mm -hmm. never talking to anybody so i went to tom hopkins and i asked him i said hey how about if we write a book together and i did this through linkedin similar to how we met actually and uh through the process of dealing with all his people he agreed and uh it was about an nine or 10 month process and um, came out and became a bestseller. So I basically took his techniques and I, we, it talks about how to use them in an online environment. And, and so that, that's really what the, what the, the book was, is based on. If you could break it down into three core things that you would say, you know, like, let's say someone has a traditional funnel, because I'll give you a little insight as to what we do. So um, we just recently launched an AI product, which um, I personally think is going to revolutionize the sales game in the sense as to um, prospecting per se, right? So let's say you spend, I don't know, the average salesperson probably spends maybe, you know, 10, 11 hours to book three to four appointments if they're cold calling, for instance. Um, we developed an AI software that does the exact same thing for you, right? So let's look at it from that perspective and we're launching a funnel, right? So I'm thinking about it in, let's say, an hour, uh, hour. What are three things that we can get from Fill Your Funnel that we can apply that can, you know, on the back end, translate to obviously providing more value to our users and customers, but also make the company not go bankrupt. 
<laughs> right. Well, step one, AI is is unbelievable. I mean, it's uh, it literally just turned this entire world upside down in the past year. You know, I mean, three, five months, you know, chat GPT, everything that relates to, you know, all the different things out there. And, and I think just now people are just getting the handle of that and learning it. So step one would be integrating that you know, comfortably into the sales process. I think that would be step one in prospecting and everything else is out there. Um, but I think also you need that personal touch still, even, even though after you get the leads, you know, you have to pre-qualify. So I think that's, that would be kind of step two. Um, a lot of that can be done through things like videos that go out to people, um, in our business, for example, you know, when I send a video, a video out about our company, it kind of answers all the objections that are already, you know, in a client's mind. So it pre-qualifies already, but that would be step two. And then, and step three is really closing and knowing how to close and doing it professionally. Um, and, and it's almost a lost art with people nowadays. They, they kind of think they can get it right to the goal line and people are just going to order from them. But in reality, you have to answer the objections, you know, and, and there has, there has to be a level of trust in that, in that third process, um, of the sales game. So, um, I would say those are your, your three things that you need to, to look at. Got you. When it comes to objections, so what are the what are the key ones that, that you get, especially in the online online world? Oh gosh, there. You know, it's it's kind of funny because you know we don't get as many as we used to due to the 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 a lot of the videos that we put out for that. But I, I'd say some of them are um, they're kind of like silent. I, I think in the online world, you get kind of like this cyber cold shoulder. And you, and you can't really see what those objections are. Sometimes it's budget. I think um, the way to get past that budget thing is, you know, give a range to somebody when you're talking to them, you know, kind of open the subject right up right away. Um, and that that can make that kind of thing go away. So but I would say that that's one. Sometimes you get competition from other people too. you know, other groups that that could be the objection. How, what do you have better? That's better than the other guy down the street. Got so. you. So, so do you get run into any of the, because I think with the internet, with the advent of the internet now, I think trust is a big one, right? Because, um, one of another big reason why I always, I'm a big proponent that if you run a business, any business, I think you should have an online presence. I'll give you an example. So, um, my personal trainer, cause, um, I do some boxing two, two to three days, two, two usually around twice a week. And um, he's also a nutritional coach. Now, as a nutritional mm -hmm. coach, one of the few things that he um, needed was obviously we all need clients, right? So we kind of, you know, tailored a plan. And I was like, hey, you know, you should do this. And it's like, you know what? Actually, you, you know, he actually followed it step by step. And what was very, very interesting about it was it translated in a matter of three, four days. He's like making more money in that time that he, he makes in his personal training session, right? Yeah. But another thing which was interesting, I was like, hey, I think you need to start a podcast. He goes, well, I don't think I really want to do a podcast. I was like, well, let's think about it from two folds. If you start a podcast, what's going to be your niche? And he's like, maybe personal trainers because I'm, I'm a personal trainer, so I understand the world. So I'm like, all right, good. You're going to have personal trainers. Now, if you have the personal trainers and they see you as, you know, that guy that's, you know, they've, they've been watching for two, three years, has been putting out content and they've seen you grow. If you put out a product and say, hey, you know what? 
I want to sell, you know, this and this is going in the market right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's limited time. I mean, I'm like, what are the odds in which you can monetize, monetize that to a six figure deal in a month? He goes, that's more than likely. I'm like, look at the, you're familiar with Dwayne Johnson, right? Dwayne Johnson comes out with a tequila brand and it's worth almost half a billion or a billion. Just like that. Yeah. He was an overnight success, but he's been building his career up for the past 20 something years. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. what, can you speak more a little bit about the personal brand and how it actually helps in the online world? Oh yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, and, and it really boils down to the, <laughs> your first profile out there, you know, any profile you have, uh, you look at LinkedIn. I mean, that's, that's probably the main place people go to look at, you know, for a business standpoint, you know, who you are and what you do. And it surprised me how many people neglect that and they'll, or they, you know, have a picture up there of them frowning or in a t-shirt drinking a beer or whatever, you know? Um, and you know, I mean, I understand, you know, but at the same time, you know, that's your first impression, you know, it's what you have to to go by. Um, and that, and that relates to going to get a job somewhere, you know, the first place an uh, employer goes to look at what you do is on Facebook or some of the social media. So it's gotta be spotless. And most people don't realize that that's really where they go, you know? That's interesting though. So is it, is it in a sense as to, is it a lack of, on your end, would you say it's lack of education or would you say it's a it's a position where they just it's a disinterest per se? I'd, I'd say it's a lack of education or the importance of it behind it. Um, one thing you can do uh, fairly easily is, you know, have your friend go look at your social environment and they'll give you an honest opinion or, you know, a colleague at work say, hey, can you take a look at my social uh, footprint and let me know what you think? And they'll tell you exactly what, <laughs> if they're a good friend, they'll tell you exactly what they think of it. Um, and, th- and it's kind of a good starting point or, or look at some people out there that are, that you would emulate or want to be, see what their profiles are like. I can pretty much guess they're pretty spot on if they're, you know, any type of an executive or successful. You know, it's interesting you say that, which is, which I, I do agree with that. But what's interesting is, 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 you know, they say the first step to change is self-awareness. Right yeah. now, right. if he, because what's interesting about that is most people, this is from my perspective, what I'm thinking here is most people don't see a problem with what they already have. They don't see the profile of just, you know, the cats. I mean, nothing wrong with cats and dogs, but it's like in yeah. a sense it's too. But, but then again, it's also, uh, you know, arguably there's also the census too. A lot of people are not even interested. Like the amount of people who are interested in entrepreneurship world, it's slimmer than the people who are interested in the safety net of actually having a job. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah, it's tricky. But then again, which also makes you think about it, right? Because if you want, if you like you and I, for instance, right, where you've been in sales for 40 plus years, I've, I've, I've been close to that. I'm like, that's older than that's, that's not going to have been, that's not going to have been on this planet, right? So that, that, that's basically speaking, speaking to the experience there. But you've, you've had to, I, I like to equate sales with an element of it's like a sport, but it's a fun game. It can be. Yes. If you do it right, it can be. If and you it, do it right. Right. It, we, we like Tom and I like to equate it to uh, the promised land. And, and that's what the book, one of the last chapters in the book talk about. It's like once you're in the promised land, it's not a sales process anymore with a big customer. It is you're on their team and you're dealing in less in more like objections like, you know, can we fit it in our budget? When can we have it? 
versus are we going to use you or not anymore? Mm. You know, and it becomes order taking. And, and, and that's a great place to be in the sales world, you know, because you're, you're a trusted vendor and big companies like that, especially once you get in with a big company, it's hard to get, not be uh, getting jobs all the time because you, you become a, a preferred vendor and they can't go anywhere else. They have to use you. So yeah. those are some cool places to be once you, once you really learn sales. So what makes, what, what would you say, you know, is, is a criteria of saying that you are in that promised land? Like I'm, I, let's say I'm selling a deal right now as an enterprise sale. How would I know? Cause you know, panicking, am I going to make this account? Am I not going to make this account? <laughs> what, what necessarily makes it that like that deal of like, Hey, boom, we're in the promised land. Yep. Okay. So the process behind that is you have hoops you jump through and they'll start you with something very small. Like I recently, we just did one of these and they started us with like a little tiny project. It took about five months to build the trust level. And you know, the person, she's a marketing manager for a big corporation in, you know, she, that trust level, there were little hoops, you know, call me next week, call me the, any one of those steps that you miss brings you back down a notch or two. You'll get a couple, you know, but then there's the hoops that are like, we'll try in a small project. And then once they try it in the next project, next thing you know, they'll say, okay, I'm going to introduce you to accounting. And once you're introduced to accounting and you get like a blanket PO, that's, that's pretty much the promised land at that point. And then it's yours to lose at that point. Got you, but this, but then, then again, what, what's, what I'm thinking is this: there's got to be a degree of, of patience, yeah, right? Absolutely, is a big account, you know, that you're dealing with could take a year, it could take a year. But now, then again, it, okay, so which is also interesting because you, because this is <laughs> how I'm looking at world. it in the uh, corporate world. In the know? corporate world, yeah. And what's interesting? What's interesting about that? Because you know, in the B, we do B two B and B two C side of things, and sure. um, the B two B side of things, almost you know, you do make you know, if you actually average it out, you do make a little bit more. It's a more of a higher ticket item. You know, you could be doing 40, 50, 60 grand deals. Um, right. On the B two C, you might be doing 500, 700, 800 dollar deals. But if you do enough of it, it almost balances it out, you yeah. know, balances out the weight. But then again, how do you deal with that dead time? Well, it's numbers. You know, you you do you do a numbers game. And, you, you know, uh, when I started my first business, I made sure I was doing 100 calls a day every day. And I, I became an addict about that. Back then it was mm. a, a phone. It was a 100-pound phone. Your first one's 100 pounds. Next one's 99. And next thing you know, you're just making phone calls with a headset on. But, um, you know, that once you build those numbers up, you know, I always found that you may lose a deal over here, but something over here happens and you just, you, that, that makes the world a difference. Interesting. Huh? Okay. Now I, I know I'm playing Deb's advocate here. Right? Sure. Mm -hmm. I think sales is the most rewarding profession to be in. I personally will be, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an uncapped income potential, right? You can make as much money as you can work. Right. But, Let's say I'm watching this right now, you know, either an individual who's in a position where they're like, hey, I need to make more money. I mean, interest rates are crazy. I mean, the average grocery bill now, you know, average grocery cart, you could fill up your cart. Average was around 80 bucks, but now it's like 200 and something dollars based off of factoring, you know, how much everything, oh, the, yeah. you know, how expensive it's getting. And they're like, all right, I'm looking at sales, right? All right, boom, I'm going to do it. But then they remember, you know, when they were five years old and they 
try to sell a lemonade, you know, in a lemonade stand and nobody would buy anything. Or they would remember when they, you know, a guy tried to talk to that girl that he really liked and then she told him, uh, F off. Or, you know, yeah, situations right. like that. And people start to build up this fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. Right? There are, there are many fears. Rejection is one of them. Believe it or not, fear of success is just as real. Mm. Fear of what happens if I do become successful. And um, there, there's, it ultimately boils down to fear of fear, <laughs> you know, fear of so, the unknown. <laughs> let me ask you this question, then, which is the back to the fear of success, which is very interesting. You mentioned this. So, um, which I wanted to just, if you know, obviously we have a little bit of time, but I just want to yeah. share the story because I really want your opinion on the fear of success. So I, um, I started out initially, I was selling insurance, all right, door to door, mm -hmm. which is a very, I think it's a very um, character building you know, absolutely <laughs> character building job to do. Yeah. And um, I remember I my first my first one of my first ever sales was I still remember this like it was yesterday. It was a Saturday evening at 7 p.m. I was I was I was calling the list. I was calling the list and I got a hold of this guy until today. I'm He's an awesome dude. And uh, he's still on the books, still a client of mine, still on the books. And uh, it was 7 p.m. I called him. I was like, I was still very new in the industry. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I, I just read the script and he actually agreed. I was like, why? Would I was like, I was like, first off, I was like, this script doesn't make any sense. But I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, come by my house tomorrow. I'm like, I have an 11 a.m. He goes, no. He goes, if you're not here before 10 a.m., then don't worry, don't, don't even think about it. I was yeah. like, fine, I'll be there by eight. It was a 30-minute drive. I drove down there, went his house, in his house. It was a Saturday. It was a Sunday. I think it was Saturday. And uh, it was, I think it was a Saturday because I called him Friday. And um, knocked on the door and he answered. He's like, uh, I'm, we're praying right now so we can come wait inside. And then uh, once we finish praying and then we'll come down. So came down and um, we, we had a conversation. But the goal, which was the weirdest thing, my goal that day was to get him not to buy. Which is interesting. I know. Mm. The goal was to get him not to buy. So I said everything you can to blow the deal. Right? Which was which yeah. is what was very fascinating. So I remember it was the end of it. I said, you know, I'm not going to say his name for confidentiality purposes. But I said, you know, let's say his name was, you know, John. I was like, John, how can you justify paying $300 a month for this policy? Knowing that you're possibly, probably not going to use it. You might need it, but you're probably not going to use it. And he goes... And then he just bam, 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 bam. And he listed off reasons why he wanted it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, sir, sign right here. And I, it was um, it was about a $4,000 commission that was paid off of that. And I was like, but then again, what 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 happened was, what in, and I never even thought about it. I never even cared about the money. But I still, I was on a sales streak. Because, you know, after you make a sale, the best time to make a you sale know, is after you just made a, a sale. High. It's a high, yeah. You, you, get a, you get a high. So I was on a streak. And yeah. then I caught the attention of the higher ups. And then they started inviting me to speak on stuff like, hey, you're a new agent. You're making this much. But guess what happened to my numbers after that? Bam. Back drop. To the, yep. The other shit Everything dropped. dropped. Everything yeah. dropped. Because then, then there was, a you know, the CEO of the company was like, mm -hmm. hey. And then there was a part. And then there was that fear. And I was like, what if this, the goal was not, initially I started selling insurance just as a joke. Because I was like, what's the one thing people don't want to buy? I was like, hey, let yeah. me sell it. But then I, I realized it was getting, it was actually, I was actually becoming successful. And then that was where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. The, the, um, there was a book, I wish I can, I can say, there's a book called Go For No. I can't remember what the author is, but author, the name of the book, but it's about a guy who, 
you know, later in life, he's shown and he is uh, shown a story of how he could have been more successful if only he went for the rejection. Because when you go for no, there's always a yes in between. Right. Right. You talk to a thousand yeah. people. They're not all going to say no. Someone's going to say yes. Right. Correct. But that was the goal. My goal was just to get as much rejection as possible. But then people started buying. <laughs> well, you know what? You made a valid point, though. Everybody has a comfort zone. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you go beyond your comfort zone, uh, I got to get back to my comfort zone. You go below your comfort zone. I got to stay at that comfort zone. Anything beyond that is going to just it makes people uncomfortable. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that's one thing I would suggest, you know, getting outside that comfort zone, even if it's just small steps doing different things. Eventually, you'll change your comfort zone to something different. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. So but how but the, so the fear of success per se is let's say you know someone is pretty much comfortable with what they're making right and they're like that's fine with me yeah and they don't see any reason to because then again to make more means you have to take the risk can be yes yeah right and you know as human beings i mean most people are very very risk averse yeah you know i i always look at it at this stage you know it's more like becoming happy and enjoying your life and helping others you know um, you know, Tom mentions another thing. He says, the more people you can help in their lives, the more you'll be successful in your life. And that was also Zig Ziglar and his son, Tom, talk about that as well. Um, you know, the more people you can help, the more successful you'll become, um, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so it's going to happen. That's true. But, but now I want to ask you another question is, is if someone is getting into sales, and they mm -hmm. have no money. It's desperation. Is mm -hmm. it more of it, it's more of now rather than and say, if I want to help someone versus I just gotta pay my bills? Yeah. So I mean, with with social media and all the things you can do right now in that, um, do the numbers. Do the numbers till it hurts. <laughs> It's what I would say. Do it till it hurts and then do it more. <laughs> because no matter how new you are in sales, no matter how bad you are what you're doing you will trip over sales if you do the numbers you just do look at look at the best baseball player out there he's only just a little different than the guy right next to him his averages are just a little bit better yet he makes a hundred times more than the the guy sitting on the bench mm. you know and, and it's so true in sales as well and and now you can just go on social media and just get into linkedin and go through groups and you can just just totally hit people, you know, up all the time and talk to them and just, you know, find out about them and, um, and, and build those averages, you know, that, that, I mean, that, that would be the easiest or quickest way to do it. Interesting. No, no, no. It's, you know, we actually did the, we did the math. This was when we initially first started. This was a while mm -hmm. back. We had a, we, I started a different uh, parallel company, yeah. um, for every thousand emails we, we sent out was, um, cause we had about, was around. $3,400. So it was like, it was like the more you send out, the more you make. It's, it's, it is the law. It is the law of sales out there. And it, do, and it doesn't change no matter what you do. You can't change it. That's true. Now, <laughs> At yeah, least I, I, that out. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. It's a law of averages. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, when um, I used to, I had a dating coach and service that I offered very, very long time ago. And I used to tell the guys, I'm like, if you talk to and spoke to enough girls, you have a girlfriend by the end of the week. Yeah. yeah. Some it, 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 relationship, it works that way too. It works. It works. So so now, um, you know, you came up with a movie, Master of Sales. 
Yes. Can you talk, yeah. us a little bit, talk, talk to us a little bit more about that movie? Yeah. So after we wrote the book together, uh, Tom and myself, um, he was going to retire. He, he was going towards retirement. And um, I said, you know, there's more to this relationship. I happen to have a video production company. And um, I asked him, I said, you know, I'd like to go partners with you and tell your life story. So um, he reluctantly, he's a very shy guy, you know, and he, he's like, really had to think about it. I had to, we had to get his wife and his assistant to talk him into it, but he, he agreed to do it. So we uh, went out to um, Scottsdale and uh, worked with him and uh, got interviews from him. He kind of narrates the whole thing. And then uh, we also got introduced to some really big players out there that, you know, said amazing things about him um, and, and, give gave their entire careers to him you know attributed it to his sales techniques which just shocked me people that were in the 100 200 million dollar value range all of them were like he's the guy he's the guy so i learned i learned i got another whole nother respect for the man uh and as i got to know him it was it was really cool and he's the same guy on stage as he has off the stage there's no arrogance about him nothing so anyway, that's the 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 documentary. It's out, um, and it's Master of Sales. Uh, what what is it? Uh, Tom Hopkins Doc Doc dot com is uh, where it's where it's at online right now. Okay, so if you guys want to find it, we'll also put in the link in the description. You can go to Tom yeah. Hopkins Doc. Now this is just a bonus question. This is an interesting question because I know you are uh, you kind of a songwriter. You write jingles, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, do we, uh, I've been a musician for as long as I've been in sales. Longer, actually. <laughs> Longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you did you did you ever think about going like on tours and like you know? Oh, when I was younger, I had blue hair and it was down to my yeah. I had all kind of yeah. I was you know when I was maybe ten years younger. How old are you by any chance? <laughs> I'm just about to, I'm just about turning thirty. Oh yeah, when I was your age, I was on not on tour, local tour, you know, and want to be a rock star and all that fun stuff so i mean do you regret not going that route no because i'd be dead right now you know it's all about oh, yeah, that, and partying and <laughs> that is that is true so you chose a better path to live in a longer much fulfilling life that's now true. i i want to ask you this about a longer fulfilling life as far as family goes right um mm -hmm. How do you balance the long hours required in sales and entrepreneurship and a family? Well, um, you know, I, I think that, that's kind of a hard question. Uh, with me, I've always owned my own business, so I, I've made the time no matter what. Um, I, I think I only worked in sales for somebody else for maybe two years. And then after that, I started my own business. And yeah, or I was a partner with one, and then I, I just took it over. So, um, that's one way I was able to do that. Um, but if you're in sales, yeah, you got to do the numbers. The nice thing is a lot of things can be done at home. Now, um, you have the, you have your laptop, you have AI, you've got automation. There's a lot of things that can speed up that process of the numbers that you need to do to become successful. Um, and with a good technique, um, you'll increase your closing rate. You're saying the right things at the right time, invest in yourself and that'll, that'll give you the time you can spend with your family. You know, someone said something to me, which which you made some very, very valid points as far as, you know, um, there's various ways in which you can you can work from home. But someone said something. He goes, invest in yourself and invest in people. Right. 
And mm. it took me a while to realize that because um, every business I started, I tried to do it by myself. You know, I was always like, no, I don't need to do this. I'm going to watch, you know, this video. I'm going to learn this or do that. But then you get so stretched, so stretched, so thing that you're like, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's it's so hard to scale when you want to take the reins for everything. But that's the only way you can scale and grow is to is to be able to trust people, train them and delegate, you know, properly and. Not easy to do. I believe me, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> so what's the most what's the most important skill you would say someone needs from, you know, for building? Because most people most because here's the thing is most people online who say the entrepreneurs aren't really entrepreneurs. Most of them are just, yeah. you know, it's all a facade. Right. But what is the most important skill you'd say, you know, sister to sales that you'd say would be important to building, especially if you have a team? I'm sorry. What was the beginning? Of so that let's part? say you. So so you know, building a business, right? Next yeah. to sales, right? Mm -hmm. Next to sales. What other skill set would you say? Would you add on the top of the list? You know, you'd say, hey, you know what? I would I would put marketing. I'd put branding. I'd put sales as like you know all in the same. You know, I would even say marketing is probably higher. Marketing branding. Branding would be more of a higher tier, yeah. and I would have I'd have marketing. And then I would have sales because if you, you know, there's a reason why Nike is just like every other shoe, but you put the check mark there and you can sell it for a thousand dollars. And then you have the same shoe without the market. You sell it for 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. So the branding take you there and then you put marketing, you know, ability, ability to get attention because if you don't yeah. have can't get attention, you can't sell. Yeah. But what are the skill set would you say as a developing or a growing business owner would be something yeah. that's necessary to have? Yeah, people skills. You need to have uh, good people skills, good negotiating skills. There's some pretty easy things you can do to to do that. Um, those those are probably the two of the biggest ones. Likeable, be likable. You know, if you're likable, people will bend over backwards for for you, no matter how much you screw up. <laughs> be honest with you. Seriously, I mean, you you have to be approachable. You know, and and not arrogant. I would say have humility and confidence would be yeah. and there's a fine line with those things but if you can do that that uh that makes life a little easier in in the business world especially if you don't know what you're doing you know and i've done that many a times i've jumped into things not knowing what i'm doing the uh, one other thing is find people that have done it already and get to know them and you know work with them because if you can because they can shorten that process considerably interesting find people interesting no that's been that's been definitely interesting so in the sense as to in your time in in what made you get into the media side of things as far as like you know doing what you do right now yeah well uh originally i had a, an agency for about 20 years and we were doing really good and then 2009 hit and we all had to reinvent ourselves back then that that was a that was a kicker for a lot of businesses a lot of people went out of business and it was it was difficult because it was almost the collapse of our economy at that point um and a lot of people don't realize that but 2009 was a really tough year 2008 and 2009 so we reinvented ourselves at that point and i became more uh, our agency became more of an online approach um we use the same vendors but we lost got rid of our brick and mortar and um it kind of grew it from there and, and then turning into media we saw this very interesting niche where Back in the, I would say, two, well, maybe like 2010, 2011 and 12, even though 11 was bad, there was this niche where we could go in and um, between like a 
freelance videographer and a full service video production team and go into these big companies and they they really didn't have anybody in particular that could do videos so it was a good niche for us to go in talk to them and say hey we could be your go-to guys for video production or whatever it might be and we got a lot of good bites on that um it was it was a nice niche that was open so we took it and uh and we grew the business from there and then recently it became more of a podcast production we do we do a lot of podcast production and, and marketing as well for the past two years now so the marketing is more for podcasts or is it more for just the business um, I think we're going to be steering towards podcasting, but it's going to be more towards like business podcasters. Um, you know, we, I, we think that's a pretty much untapped market, you know, businesses, B2B businesses getting into podcasting, um, not necessarily to grow a gigantic audience, but more for um, getting leads and hmm. and bringing customers on to their shows, you know, and building that network. So I think that's. I think that's very important with the um, with the building leads and, and the building. But let's say, you know, I'm listening to this now and I'm a business, but I'm like, I don't have the time to devote to a podcast. Right. What would you say to that? Um, I would think in terms of like uh, short term podcasts, I mean, like short form, like we're starting to do 10 minute podcasts. Some of the biggest real estate agents, like uh, Robert Kiyosaki, for example, if you look at some of his podcasts, they're 10 minutes long, you know, and he's got a whole series of those. And he's a you know, he's a billionaire and he doesn't need to do it, but he wants to educate the people out there and they do it in 10 minute increments. So you could do one one hour session, kick out four of them and put you have a whole month's worth of podcasts in one hour, basically. Right. No, I think that would be that'd be good content. One of the things we're doing, and um, this is a brief announcement because we've done some live in studio shows, and mm -hmm. um, one of the things I was thinking of doing was getting because now we're gonna be we're gonna be doing more live webinars, right, for mm -hmm. the business. Because um, I was talking to my staff today, and they were like, "Hey, um, you are the face of the business." And I was like, "Yeah," but they're like, yeah. "We people want to see you more." teaching about the stuff because you already you know so we're getting an office here and and it's literally an office but it's an office with a how would i put it it's like a the design is going to be like an online classroom design mm -hmm. right so it's, like a, it's like a classroom design but i I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked about it i just just know oh, cool. i'm pretty stoked about it because it's going to yeah. be um thinking of hosting um two to four hour trainings on there so it would Good be idea. Like, yeah, two to four hour trainings. We run them live. So it'd be like a live webinar, but we get people to join in every day from two to four. And then at the end of it all, we'll close. Um, you know, it would always be, you know, hey, if you want to, you know, sign up, you know, you know link right. and all that. Because if you stay every day, then two to four hours, then by all means, then go, go, go to the link. And but, but I'm, I'm very actually, I'm pretty much actually pretty stoked about that because the podcast, we have actually gotten clients from our podcast, but, yep. um, I'm thinking more because I was actually having a conversation with someone. I was like, that would be kind of crazy if you could do like a two to four hour live just every day. And you're like getting people kind of, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just it's hard, to, hard to keep those going like that because stuff pops up, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's definitely hard to, that's why it's a dedicated, it's a dedicated, gotta be dedicated right? Got to be dedicated. Yeah, got to be dedicated. Yeah, two to four hours. Um, um, you got to be dedicated, but I was, I'm like, you know what? That's the challenge I'm going to give myself to build the business, to be as substantial as I want it to be. 
Um, yeah. If I have to do two to four hours a day, and uh, but then again, it's like you 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 like commit to the schedule, right? You like right. every day, um, yeah, you commit to the schedule. Yeah. You know, Grant Cardone says, if you show me a man's schedule, I'll tell you how much money he makes, right? <laughs> right. So you know, if you have like, hey, all this empty space, and you're like, what are you doing? So no, it's mm -hmm. about committing to a schedule. So I'm actually I'm actually pretty pretty stoked about that. We're gonna actually start doing that, but I am I am very very stoked about that. But yeah, no, nice. so in the in the sense as to the podcast on the B two B side of things, so are you more necessarily getting them clients for getting them like um how would I put it sponsorships? Yeah, so our main thing recently has been kind of building the brand for for podcasters. We'll do the production end of it, but also start developing um, a leadership, you know, industry leader program. So something that's going to get out in front of people and develop gotcha. strategies. Gotcha. So it, so how it work is, let's say I am um, your local dentist, right? And uh, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm a local dentist. I know nothing about the podcast. I get in touch with you. Then you pretty much will be like, hey, all right, this is the outlay. This is the strategy. What's it? What's the strategy? Walk, walk us through the process. Yeah. So, um, you know, it depends whether they have a podcast or not. If it's like a, a new podcast, you, we're going to want to have a strategy session and think about who their client base is and who they want and demographics, where they're located. Um, and then, you know, think about things in terms of what what would interest their customers. Um, and then from there, we would set up the podcast on all the directories and start developing a program for them to do it. Um you know, some podcasts can be a monologue, you know, where they talk for a little bit about, you know, some helpful tips on dentistry or whatever it might be. And then maybe a customer could be on there. Um, you'd want to put some thought behind it when, when developing it. So um, that'd be like step one or maybe have some of their clients on, you know, the, the podcast, you know, saying how great they are, you know, in, in one way or another in a very subtle way. Um, all those things could be really interesting. So that, that's how we would normally do it. So it'd be more of like the review end of things, like the review side of things per se. More like you get the customer on and, and it's like, hey, you know, I my teeth used to be, I was missing all of them. And now I went to this dentist, you know, and then now all of a sudden they're all back in. You know? Yeah, my life's changed. You know, he changed my entire life, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I'll think of the, the benefits behind what he's doing in not necessarily teeth, but all the good things, the new girlfriend he got, you know, all those crazy <laughs> stuff that you can look at. Which brings me to a question, right? Yeah. Because you know where they say you sell, you know, you sell the benefit, you sell the, you know, you sell the sell the dream, like you don't sell the the plane ride, the plane ticket, you sell the, you know, the oh, you know, the destination, <laughs> you know, your the experiences, you, the experiences, right? You right. you're on a beach. Just imagine this: you're sitting on a beach. You know, you, there's the sun. You're not doing anything. To your left, you have your 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 girlfriend, your wife, or whoever it is, and then to the right, it's just sand and you're just enjoying and then you know but the road to get there is four thousand dollars right but it's like it, it's it's a so what's the importance in sales of storytelling oh yeah you know to some extent i think it's it's important i mean uh you have to build the in anything you're doing you have to build the the positive end of it you know and and really the journey could be 10 easy payments, you know, <laughs> uh, versus, you know, $4,000. It could be 10 small payments. You'll see that everywhere in, in sales, um, you know, but ultimately it's the destination and the experiences they would get if you're talking about a travel agency or something of that nature. Uh, gotcha. For me, I, I'm more in the corporate thing where, so it's like, I need this done by Thursday. Can you guys do it? <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of thought into what we're doing anymore, but 
that's the process i would think so is it more of in the census too there's just not because on a on a not more of a corporate but more of a personal personal thing it's on a personal thing they have to come out with the money out of pocket right but on a corporate thing it's like well we just the company pays for it yeah right. it's yeah right that's exactly right and and that's one reason we're kind of like looking at that avenue uh for the podcast you know because there's in corporation there's budgets there's time frames there's people that are dedicated for it and it makes life a little easier you know instead of you're right they reach in their pocket for 50 bucks ah, you know it's it's difficult to to work with you know keep a business open if you're dealing with that all the time yeah, I know that that's a definitely an interesting. It's um so recently my uh my girlfriend was explaining to me something called um girl math, right? Hmm. So yeah, so it's like uh so she would go to so for example, she would go to Target and um she would um let's say she bought a shirt and it was they said, Oh, it's a hundred bucks, but you know, you you buy for sixty, you save in forty dollars, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like and then she, you know, spent too much. She's like, look at how much money I saved. Oh, right. But oh, I'm like, <laughs> my wife does the same thing. So yeah, <laughs> I do so, the same thing. I'll go to Mark's or some a local store. Here. It's like, I got this five bucks, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> look at how much money. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or something like, you know, there's money in a Venmo and you, you, you yeah. don't, you forgot about it and you Venmo the money and then you're like, oh, look, it was free. So it stuff like free. that. So, so kind of things like that is, is where, I think on a B to C, there's a lot more. You need to be more in touch with, I would say, the the buyer psychology, right? And B to B, you need to be more in touch with the problem and how much it affects your deadline. Because there's the thing is, if they can't meet, like, let's say you're selling to an airline and they need to, you know, have something done in this specific time and they need it done by Q1, right? And you yeah. say it's forty grand and we can get it done for you by Q1, then you're the guy right exactly yeah and you it, the, the whole key behind that is you've got to show them that you've done it before mm. and you have somebody that can i had the exact same thing happen but i had a video of somebody that actually we did the project for similar for another company i showed them the video and they sent us the po so those kind of things really help when you have the validity behind it to do stuff what like if that. you've never done a deal like that before yeah, well, then you got to earn it. You really got to earn it. You got to do the numbers because there mm. will be one guy. And there's a prime example of that. I, I was doing the numbers one time for, for something and I had a guy do that. I, you know, out of the blue, he saw three of my videos and it was a big corporation, well known. Everybody knows who they are. Um, and he says, I need a video done. And I, your video resonated with me. It was a little two minute, little tiny video, save a little money, use us. And uh, ended up be twenty thousand bucks. <laughs> it was like a matter of, I don't know. It all happened. I never talked to the guy. I never even met him. It was all done through emails. He sent me a PO, but I did have videos of, you know, all along the way of people I work with. So yeah. that it does help. But um, yeah, numbers. It's all numbers. You know, you gotta you gotta do the numbers, and there'll be that situation that occurs that all everything lines up perfectly. You know. No, I so. love it. I, I love it. No, I know you. Um, as we wrap up here, I know you do a. Uh, you have a little present, a little gift that you uh, prepared for the audience, and um, I do. Yeah, you want to go ahead and share it? Yeah. So, um, my latest book is all about negotiating and and some really great money saving tips, which is some very simple techniques. And in this economy that we have right now, I think it would it, it's going to help a lot of people because. Most people don't realize with some simple negotiating techniques, they could save tons of money, tons and tons of money. 
So anyway, the book's called uh, The Secret Online Door, and I'm going to give it away uh, for the next week to anybody that uh, emails the link that we put out for this podcast. So I'll send it to you free of charge, and you guys can look at it, and uh, hopefully you'll get a lot of great things from it and love to get a review or two if we could as well from it. And pass awesome. to as many people as you like. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, the, the link will be in the description. So if you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and click on the description now. Um, you can go ahead and email and just go ahead and get that book. If you're on Spotify, the link is also going to be in the description. Now, definitely, guys, if you are on, please do us a favor. Like the video. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscribe button. Now, Dan, I'm going to leave it to you here. Any final words for the audience? Oh, just go for it, guys. You know, there's always going to be issues with the economy, with everything. It never changes. That that change is, a, is, a, is inevitable. But your persistency and professionalism and doing the numbers will change things for you personally, no matter what. So try to keep everything out from the outside out and build from the inside. That's what I would say. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it, guys. And once again, guys, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And Dan, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. And everyone, like I like to say, bye-bye. You. you have a good one.